Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M.com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR senior health reporter Priyanka Dayal McCluskey, welcome back to The Common. Thanks for having me. Yes, Priyanka, it is a pleasure. So, you recently did a story that talked about how Massachusetts hospitals and health insurance companies are no longer asking doctors about their past struggles with addiction or mental health. And this is something that state and national healthcare organizations have been pushing for for some time. So just to start us off, explain the significance of this and tell us what kind of questions were doctors and clinicians having to answer prior to this change. So doctors have to fill out a lot of forms to do their jobs. Um, These are state forms as well as with the hospitals and insurance companies that they work with. Mm -hmm. And it's been really common for them to be asked about their history of mental health conditions, history of addiction, questions like, have you ever been under the care of a psychiatrist? Um, And these kind of questions were common, but there's been a growing uh, movement to change the language in these questions because of the stigma that they might add to someone's mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. How significant of a shift is it for uh, hospitals and healthcare organizations to no longer ask these questions? It's a pretty significant shift, according to the people I talk to, including several doctors I talk to. The culture of medicine has traditionally been one where the doctor is seen as this all-knowing, all-powerful kind of figure. And there's more awareness and acknowledgement now that doctors are also humans Mm -hmm. and they should be encouraged to get mental health treatment just like anyone else So I talked to Dr. Barbara Spivak. She's the president of the Massachusetts Medical Society, which represents doctors. And this is how she summed it up. If you're currently able to practice and taking care of yourself, that's what we should be interested in, not what you did previously. And I think that's a huge step forward. Why were hospitals and health insurance companies asking healthcare professionals, these type of questions? So these questions were put in place originally to help determine whether a doctor or clinician could safely do their jobs. But there's been a growing recognition that this may not be the best way to determine if someone can actually do their jobs. I guess in this moment, what we are being asked to understand is that, you know, the person who might be responsible for your life at times is not perfect. He might be struggling too. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, there are also people, right? And and things like depression, anxiety are very common among any people, but also among healthcare workers. And there's really high rates of burnout, um, stress, anxiety, um, even the risk of suicide is higher for healthcare workers. So these are really very real issues. You know, you talk about burnout. The pandemic is not that far behind us, 
right? So uh, right. can you talk about how that has impacted this? Yeah, so this concept of burnout where people are really exhausted and feeling kind of hopeless, helpless in their work, this is something that has been talked about for a long time in healthcare. Um, something that many doctors, many nurses, and other healthcare workers have felt. But the pandemic really exacerbated this issue. I mean, people were working under such difficult circumstances. A lot of people decided to leave their jobs and mm-hmm. or cut back their hours. So this has really been under a spotlight, I would say, the last few years. The pandemic's really shown a light on this issue. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, some doctors wound up taking their own lives uh, just because of all the stress and the burnout. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? So, unfortunately, healthcare workers, especially female doctors, are at disproportionately higher risk of suicide compared to people who work in other fields. There's estimates that as many as 300 to 400 doctors die by suicide each year. So, it is a real issue. Did you talk to any doctors who advocated for this change or who might feel the impact of it? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of major healthcare groups that represent doctors and hospitals and insurance companies, they are in agreement that doctors should not be asked these kind of questions that could stigmatize their kind of mental health issues. I was able to speak with uh, one doctor. Uh, his name's Ethan Lerner, and his wife, Lisa, was also a doctor. And she died by suicide a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And he told me that, you know, Lisa had depression for a while, and it was difficult for her to have to answer these questions. It felt really intrusive. Um, And so it was just very painful to have to answer these sorts of questions. It's just unbelievably uncomfortable, a huge stressor. No one worked harder than her. No one could do a better job than her. And so why was this relevant at all? Do we have a sense of just how many doctors and healthcare professionals may be struggling in this way with addiction or mental health? There's there's surveys that show that, you know, about half of healthcare workers feel burnt out. And then there's others who feel depression, anxiety, or other conditions. But certainly this idea of burnout is very common. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair. A new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. 
Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Priyanka Dayal McCluskey. What do advocates for the change with these questions, what do they say to folks who might be concerned about doctors no longer having to disclose their addiction or mental health history to hospitals or insurance companies? Yeah, that's a great question. So I want to be clear that the hospitals and insurers are saying we won't ask about your history of mental health conditions and addiction. But what they will ask is, do you have any current condition that affects your ability to practice medicine? And so the idea is to focus on anything mental or physical that could be impacting your ability to take care of patients. So the thinking is that if somebody has a mental health condition and they're getting treatment for it, you know, that's not really something that needs to be called out because they're they're taking the steps to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, if they have a condition that means it's, um, you know, hard for them to do their jobs, that's really what um, should be the focus. And if you think about someone who might have a physical condition, maybe that affects their movements or their vision or something like that, you know, that could affect their ability to do their jobs as a doctor. But those issues are not specifically named in paperwork. So they're thinking, let's, you know, treat mental health conditions like that, too. We don't need to list mental health specifically, but trust that people will come forward if they have any condition that makes it difficult for them to do their jobs. Understood. Are any other states taking steps like this? So many states have made changes at the state levels, the the state medical licensing boards, There's also hospitals and insurers, which are private organizations, and it's a more mixed picture there. And so what the commitment is in Massachusetts is all the hospitals and insurers in the state say they are going to make these changes. Some have already done so. Some are still in process. But that's the commitment here in the state. Uh, Now, in other states, it's more of a mixed picture in terms of what are the hospitals asking and what are the insurance companies asking. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you touched on the cultural significance of this, right? The realization that doctors are humans. I wonder what are the other implications for the medical profession, but also uh, what are the ripple effects into other professions? Yeah, I'm not sure I can speak directly to the effects on other professions, but I think there's growing recognition that You know, doctors are people, and like anyone else, they should be encouraged to seek treatment for issues rather than face stigma for having those issues. And so one of the people I spoke to is Steve Defesse, and he's a doctor and works with the Massachusetts um, Health and Hospital Association. And he says, you know, asking people, have you ever been treated for a mental health condition, you know, that sends the message that they shouldn't be treated. Um, And he says that they're trying to do the opposite. They're trying to encourage people to get treatment if they need it. It's much healthier if clinicians can obtain the behavioral health care they need, whether it's psychological care for stress or anxiety, depression, or whether it's care for substance use disorder. And we're removing barriers so that clinicians can do that. Hmm. Priyanka, let's say 
we, we're sitting here with a crystal ball in front of us. And we can look into the future 10 years. Based on your reporting, right, what would you say a successful future with this change looks like? Well, the people I talked to you know, really repeated this idea of how many doctors are afraid of coming forward if they have an issue. They're afraid of what that could mean for their ability to do their jobs. In some cases, afraid they will lose their jobs or lose their careers because they've admitted to getting psychiatric treatment or addiction treatment. And so I think they see success as people not being afraid to come forward when they need help. There's new doctors being trained all the time, new generation of people who are more open in talking about mental health issues. So um, we could see change. Well, Priyanka, thank you so much for coming through and talking to us about this. Thanks for speaking with me. If you want to learn more, you can check out Priyanka's story at WBUR.org. And listeners, if you or someone you care about is experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call or text 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can also call 211 for the Massachusetts Lifeline Call Center. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Y'all know the routine, especially Apple or Spotify. Rate and review us. Let the people know how you're liking the show. Thank you to everybody who's already done it. And if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.